Right. Hello, hello. Howdy, y'all. Hey, I want you to know that one of the things that I pray over all of y'all every week is that your worship is growing and your love for Christ is growing. And uh, that's something that you're going to have to uh, tend to and continue to stoke the fire in your life. Uh, but there is, um, I believe when we're in love with God, there is a passion that overflows into everything that we do. And when we're not careful, we can, the enemy can kind of lure us into a slumber, so to speak, in life. But when I'm in love with Jesus, my enthusiasm for everything that I do increases. Anyone else ever been there? I'm praying that over you. This morning's worship was top notch. And some of you have to fight to be better at worshiping the king. Uh, but I want to get good at it because uh, it turns out I'm going to do it for thousands of years. So pretty excited about it. Hey. We're starting a new series this week called Be Different, and um, it is pretty powerful. Things that the Lord has been showing me is awesome. I'm going to take you here real quick to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, and then we'll pray. Jesus, our Savior, God, and our Creator, and our best friend, the one that we're following to eternal life, is, said this. He said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction Many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. Can you hear that? Jesus, I pray you help. I pray you help. I pray you help. Amen. I, I, I think that it's really important that we hear these words because Jesus is the only one that knows the way to eternal life. Amen? Uh, I think that it'd be good for you to know that um, you might not, seven billion people on earth, uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And what he's saying here is it, it's, we gotta be really careful because when we look around, if, if we're following everyone else or if, every, if our life looks like other people's around us, that might be dangerous for you. And so we really want to lean in. Does, does my life look like Jesus's? Uh, is the things that's going on in my life mirror the actions of Christ? Different. Different. I have a message today titled Hope. And um, I didn't want to do it, actually. I wrote this. Uh, we tried doing this in November, and the Lord stopped us. And I had finished writing this message last week, and I didn't like it. So I planned another one for this morning, and I had a dream last night. And in this dream, uh, I don't have many dreams. I shared this with, with our team this morning. Uh, I, I, it was just like I saw an image. All night long, I kept waking up in regards to this message. I mean, I woke up at 11, 12, two, and I generally wake up early in the morning. And uh, I saw this man, what appeared to be a man, in a foxhole. It was very clear to me that there was a war all around him and that time was lapsing. There had been several months that this man was in this foxhole. And I saw one word. That word was hope. I, I thought this message was um, kind of corny and, and not necessary. And I guess I didn't realize how powerful hope is to the man in the foxhole. Hope. It's what gets you through. It's when life and war is going on all around you, hope. 
I went to Webster's this morning, and there was two definitions. One was a feeling of expectation and a desire for certain things to happen. The second definition I really liked a lot, a feeling of trust. I want to tell you, there's a difference that we as believers who are different than the world should have in this concept of hope. I want you to know that it's a real thing that friends that I have, I have a close friend of mine who is an atheist, and I've been close friends with him for years. And the reality of his belief does create a lot of suffocation for him because he doesn't believe that there's anything there on the other side. So there is often a hopelessness in his life because there's no one coming. When his marriage is in jeopardy, he can only hope she has a change of mind. But there's no one else talking to her in his belief. There's no one else coming down that foxhole for him when he's taking his last breath. And I'm thinking about the different scenarios of life where we're fighting to have a baby, or fighting for our marriage, or believing that God is going to bring that special someone into our life coming soon. There is a hope that we have, and that is a feeling of trust, but it's not a feeling and trust in like this scenario that I am just hopeful. That the cosmics are just going to line up for me. No, no, I have trust in somebody. And the reason why I have trust in somebody, believers, is because I meet with Jesus. And that changes things for me. See, I know that I serve a risen Savior. It's really important, I believe, that you understand that you have a connection with the Holy Spirit. This connection is what fuels my fire. It's what fans my flame. It's what reassures me that I am living by faith. I met with Jesus just now. I met with the Lord this morning. And I knew that he was here. One word from you. And just knowing that his presence is here right now all over me reassures me that I'm not alone. That there is someone in the foxhole with me, and I don't know what the outcome may be, but I have peace that he is with me. Hope. It's a powerful thing. And believers, I want you to understand that it is with the idea and the concept of hope that gives you purpose tomorrow because you, can you imagine the terror of living life without hope? Can you imagine the reality of not knowing what would happen if your family members get the COVID? The suffocation that must put on you for you to feel that you're all alone and this may be the last time that I ever see them. I'm so grateful for Jesus and the promise that he has over my life. But I want you to understand that I do believe that there are many of you here today that do, there is a warfare about your life. And at times it can cause even the greatest of believers to feel the strangle of hopelessness. And you have to fight. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 7 would say it this way. So be truly glad that there is Wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. 
For these trials will show your faith to be genuine. I'm going to, I'll just read it there. Uh, will show uh, genuine as it is tested as fire tests, purifies gold. And through your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring so much glory and praise and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. Friends, I have to let you know that it's so important that you understand that your faith must undergo trials. It's what's going to tell people that your hope is real. You have to have hardship. This is real Christianity. If we look at our apostle Paul, he went through difficult times, massive persecution. I mean, he went without food. He went with sleepless nights without a house, without great provision. Like he wasn't just walking on water constantly. There were difficult times, and it's what revealed to his persecutors many times when he was in prison. This guy's got the goods. And he would find even the, the, the guards at his prison cell. Can't deny that there's something different about this guy. Beloved, you need to know that there are people in your life that don't know hope. And you've got to scream it all the more louder. When, you, when they tell you of their sick family member, that's when we rise up and say, I, I, I know of a hope. That's when, that's when we speak the loudest. This is not the time to be wishful and say, I hope that things are going to be right. This is the time where you allow God to shine through you and come upon you and live through you. You must project your faith in those moments. See, it's having hope that allows faith to become an action. Faith is the action of my hope. It's what causes me to take a deep breath and climb out of my foxhole and charge the enemy. It's what allows love to allow me to lay my life down that others may find life. Hope is a powerful thing. And you have to know that there are many around you that don't have it. I was thinking about hope, and there are different kinds of false faith, false hope. There's an inherited hope where I, I, I pray every day. My daughter, for those of you that are online right now, she's my beautiful daughter is here running the cameras for you to see what's happening here in the sanctuary. And, and I often pray over them that they would not have just an inherited hope, but that they would have a hope that's real, that they would recognize that when their friends are going through difficulties, that I can believe with them. It's awesome when I'm sick or when one of us are hurt, when our kids come over and say, I, I believe it's a powerful thing to teach people to believe beyond circumstances. There are other kinds of false hope, uh, like, like, like a shallow hope that would only be so far. I can only believe uh, for a headache. I can only hope that Jesus can meet us on the other side. I don't believe that he can actually intervene in your situation. And you have to know, friends, guys, this is important that we, when we hope that Jesus, we, we trust in all of his words, one word from you. And so we believe and we hope that God is in our life. So we can go out this, these doors and make a difference in society. How wonderful would it be to know that we brought someone with us in the day of eternity? 
The hope that we had in Christ became the hope that someone else had. But my faith can't be shallow. It can't just be in certain situations and not others. We have to believe and believe and believe that Jesus is alive and he's wanting to do anything to stop someone from going to hell. And this is the difference where my faith is not cute anymore. It's not this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. It's the reality that like I have a spotlight and I'm shining it into a darkness, an abyss of people that are going to hell by the multitudes. My life is different. I have a purpose tomorrow. Does this make sense to anyone? There was a third scenario of, of, of hope that I, I see in our generation, and it's, it's a conditional one. It's one where um, I'll believe God if you can prove it to me. And I, I, you got to know that there's going to be times where God doesn't dance for you. If you can't see what he's done for you so far with everything that he's done on the cross, like, I know the love of God because he met with me. Not because this week we've seen so many cool things. Friends, there were three testimonies that came in this week of miracles that God done. There was a, a young lady that goes to our church. Uh, she's, we've been praying for her. She has cancer. She had a tumor. And it came in through report this week that she went to the doctors last week to have surgery and uh, to have the tumor removed, the cancerous tumor removed. And when the doctor started surgery, there was no tumor. There were miracles that happened just this last week where someone couldn't move in our church. Pastor Brady couldn't move last Sunday. You saw him walking around like he was stuck in an elevator for 85 hours. Uh, And all of a sudden, people prayed and he could move. There was... All of us, and you don't, you don't just don't understand. Like when, when Jesus touches you, he loosens things up. It's just real. But I am not believing only because I saw him do it one time. I believe because I know I, I put my whole life in faith into him. My finances are riding on Jesus. My, my family is riding on Jesus. My, my house, my everything I've got, I'm all in. It's all on Jesus. Like I'm betting my soul that Jesus is the Lord and Savior and healer of my soul. I'm all in. It's not a conditional faith. And I don't know where you're at, but I want you to know that I I believe that trials are coming, and it's trials that are going to reveal that your hope is real. Let me show you. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, he says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. I love that. Because my faith isn't moved because life is hard. Your life is designed to look like the people that we read about in Scripture. So I'm sorry if you're living in a society where you're comparing your faith to the things you see around you. And that can be really difficult because if that's the case, then you have an expectation that things are just going to go so smoothly for you. But friends, that's not the gospel. And so it's important you understand that hard times will come in your life. Maybe on your finances. It may be on your marriage. It may be on your, why did my AC go out? Like, well, it, that life happens. Believe it or not, Peter and Paul, they lived without AC sometimes. Like, this is, uh, and this is what happened. Even in Florida, it's, well, it's, it's real. But I'm thinking about my life and holding hands with someone that's fighting through cancer. Or believing for a special person. James said it this way in uh, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. He said, Count it all joy, beloved, 
when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith will produce patience. So you got to know that trials will come. And the purpose of trials is to make you look like Jesus. And all through Scripture we see these things. We, I, I, I'm, I'm reading about Scripture, and I'm, as, I'm, as I'm thinking about this message today, I thought about the, the, the man in Mark chapter 9, and his son uh, was, was being tormented by an evil spirit. And he wanted to do everything he could to see his son healed. And what do you do, man, when it's like, when it's real, and it's your life, and it doesn't make sense? And you're trying, and you're trying, and you're trying. And the scripture says that he took his, his son that was, uh, that was augmented, often tormented by what they considered a demon, and he, they brought him to the disciples, and the disciples, like, nothing happened. We prayed. We're going to keep praying, and we're going to keep praying, and we're going to keep praying, and we're going to keep, and we'll, oh, my faith doesn't quit. My faith doesn't give up. God doesn't give up on me. I'm not going to give up on him. And I'm fighting for breakthrough. I'm fighting for breakthrough. And I'm fighting for breakthrough for my friends and people that are ill in our church even right now. People that have, have, have uh, um, uh, health issues going on in their body. I'm, we're, we're believing for breakthrough. And we're not going to quit. And so I, I'm thinking about this man and how he, he brought it. The story would go in Mark chapter 9 that he brought him to Jesus. And I love Jesus' answer. He said, do you believe and the young man says, I, I'd like to have mercy on us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Jesus said in verse 23, anything is possible if a person believes. I'm all in on that. We've got to get rid of the concept of like, I, like I'm hopeful. That's not a real God. If you're hopeful, play the lottery. I, I'm putting my soul in my eternal life on Jesus. I believe that Jesus is the risen Savior and he can do what he said that he can do and he'll, he'll, he'll be there when he said that he'll be there. Like, I'm, I'm all in on this. My life looks different. The words that I say look different because I believe. I'm hopeful. And my prayers will make a difference in your life. Does this make sense? And... Uh, the man said, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I think that that's a real statement. Jesus prayed for him. The little boy fell down as if he was dead. Everyone freaked out. I think that I, I, I'd love to see this. I, I almost believe that in some ways, unfortunately, there, there's times where I feel like my faith would be like the Pharisees, where, oh my gosh, he's dead. What did Jesus just do? He killed the kid. You know, like it went from bad to worse. And I tell you, sometimes in life, that's the way it looks. Like when you're going through a situation that's hard and, and people start praying, it's like now the enemy's really attacking. He doesn't want you to find freedom in your life, but we're fighting for it. And, it's, and the scripture says, then Jesus then grabbed this kid by the hand and pulled him to his feet. I, I just think it's powerful. There are so many stories that I wanted to throw at you today. Um, One that just come to me was I was standing here in the altar. I had to go grab my Bible. It was in Daniel chapter 6, and it's the story of, of the three guys in the fiery furnace. And then putting their faith, and I know who Jesus is, and I believe in what he's going to do for me. And he looks at King Nebuchadnezzar, and I believe that this story is actually going to be a staple for this whole series of different because they, they look at, at the king, and he's like, I believe that my God's going to come through for me, but even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. 
And I tell you, that's a different kind of faith. That's the kind of faith that like I'm literally putting my life on the line that I am believing that God's going to do something. Friends, when I tell you that I'm praying for your faith to increase and your worship to increase and your prayer life to increase, it's because I believe that when God's moving in my life and my heart for Jesus is growing, everything is good in my life. I am passionate. I'm alive. I'm not bored. I feel like there's nothing worse than being alive in 2021 and being bored. I have a reason to live. There are people last night that cried themselves to sleep. God, give me an anointing. Give me a purpose. I want to hug people. I want to really hug people. I want to pray prayers that, that bring healing into people's lives. I want to teach people and show them the word of God. Lord, I want my life to be different than the meaninglessness that everyone else is walking through. Anyone else? I've got to keep going here. I thought about the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors. It, I'm going to paraphrase these stories, but there's two big stories of Genesis chapter 37 and Genesis chapter 39. And if you're, you're having a hard time reading scripture right now, I'd encourage you this week to go to Genesis chapter 37 and read about this boy who had a dream. And the moment he spoke up and said, I have a dream to his brothers was the moment it got ugly for him. Scripture says in verse 3 that his brothers didn't want to talk to him anymore. His dad loved him more than any of his other kids. So one day, Jacob put this special gift on Joseph, this beautiful robe, and his brothers hated him because his father loved him more than the rest of them. So they couldn't say a kind word to him. And one night, Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. I don't know where it went. Oh, and they hated him more than ever. And, verse, and, and what happens is then they, they grabbed him. They threw him in a pit. And it's like the trials in your life sometimes is going to get more difficult. When you start fighting for your marriage, it may get uglier. When you start fighting for your kids' freedom, it, they, it may get darker. When you start fighting for your coworkers and really hoping and praying for them to have a breakthrough in their life, things may get worse for them. And that's when you get louder and louder and louder. So Joseph went from having a dream to being in a pit, and the pit didn't match his surroundings. And he went from a pit to actually being sold into slavery. And this definitely doesn't look like it. And things got better for him. And God put favor on his life, and everything he started to do started to turn to gold. And it was like he was growing and growing and growing. And the scripture says that in verse, in in verse 30, uh, 23, then Joseph arrived, uh, no, um, Later in the, in the chapter, it said that he, he, uh, he, he grew in favor in, verse, in chapter 39. And that favor got so much worse for him as he was an attractive guy. guy girls, we can't do anything when we're attractive and good. Like, it's not, it's not my fault, you know what I mean? But he had integrity. And this is the problem that I, I beg for you, church. When you're in a season when you're believing and you're going through trials, please don't compromise your integrity. Please don't quit when you're going, when you're believing for something. Don't sell yourself for less. Joseph had integrity, and his integrity made the situation worse. 
It's like when you refuse to give up believing. It can get harder. It got harder for Joseph. For the sake of time, I I have to shake off all these things and just kind of get to the, the point. Jesus paid it all for us. And I'm thinking about Jesus' love for me and how he was in a a risk-it-all situation to pay for my freedom and for my outcome. He laid his life down. And on the cross, I wonder what kind of mindset he thought it was going to look like because the reality that he found himself in, my God, my God, why, why, why did you leave me? This is hope in a foxhole. God, I, this, this, I don't know. I don't, why would you leave me now? I know who you are, God, but this just doesn't make sense. Why would you leave me now? And the beautiful thing is I know how the story ends. Can you see the outcome? Can you see the end of the story when you're still in chapter 1? There's going to be trials in your life. Our life was designed to look different. It wasn't designed to look like others. And I know that you're going to have hardship. I'd bet on it. First Peter would continue that chapter. We started in chapter 1 when we read verses 6 and 7 talking about the trials that were coming. And he would say this in verse 8. Let me take you there in Scripture real quick. Oh, you got it there for me. Thank you. You love him even though you have never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust in him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Verse 9. And the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. What I love about what's happening is that I know that Jesus went through crazy trials. But I see his resurrection even in my life. I know that many of you are going through trials. And you have to put your faith in the hope and the reality that it's, I'm not hopeful that the situation is going to get better I am hopeful in the God that I'm walking with. That changes everything. We're not believing in cosmic things that's going on. We're having communion with Jesus and trusting that the God that walks with me is going to work something out for his glory. That's a big difference. And as you look at coworkers and friends that you're doing life with, There will be so many times where they won't have faith strong enough to lift their own arms and we come alongside them. People within our church that you know, in your connect group, I'm so grateful that connect group started this week. I'm so grateful for the moments that I already had this week where you could literally see people's faith arising. It's a glorious thing because there are moments in my life where my faith is at a hit. I wanted to just share a quick story with you to try to be as transparent as I can be. Last month, some of you are aware, my mom got COVID-19. She's probably watching right now, and she's probably freaking out as I'm talking about it. But I'll tell you, it takes a blow when it's in your court. And so I'm so thankful for the people that came alongside me and believed for my mom's healing. 
What some of you don't know is my mom smoked for 40 years. And recently the doctors told her that her lungs were operating on like a percentage that's not like, let's call it healthy to, to, to not exaggerate. I mean, it was bad. She's got COPD and she's got to keep an air tank on at all times. And like, this is like the scenario that you don't want to find yourself in. And like, I got the news and I'm like, oh man, God, is this it? And people around me begin to remind me of what we're believing for. And I remember, wait, there's something different in the situation that we have and the hope that we have. I don't know the outcome, but I know that I am not without hope. I started this by saying we enter through the narrow gate for wide is, and, and broad is the gate that leads to destruction and many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few will find it. I just wonder, beloved, does your hope look different than the society we're a part of? Because I pray that you activate something deep inside of you. Because I think hope in a foxhole is a powerful thing. But I think they can oftentimes be hopeful but when you can sense that there's a God in the foxhole with you, man, there's a strength in that. So it may be this afternoon at Walmart or tonight you're sitting at watching the Super Bowl with someone who is hopeless <laughs> and you gotta let them know that God can do anything. Would y'all do me a favor? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We have a prayer team that meets uh, weekly and uh, they pray around the clock for our church, for breakthrough, for believers. There are many of you at home right now that we literally are praying for right now. Many of you that are here in this room right now. And I just, I've been in scenarios in churches where I wish that someone gave me an opportunity for someone to put strength into me, to put hope into me and let me know that things were going to be better. Many of you are fighting on your own right now and things feel bleak. My God, my God, why would you forsake me? But seeing the full story, I know of the good news of the resurrected Son of God. I know that Jesus loved you enough that he came to this earth and he gave his life so that he can be one with you, that he can strengthen you and carry the cross for you when you can't carry it. And I know that he loved you enough that he paid the price for you and he overcame to give you the victory that you need today. And as a pastor and as a friend, I want to speak life into you. If you're here today and you don't know hope in a situation, you're in a tough season of life and you need someone to pray a prayer of faith over you if that's you if you're online right now would you just say would someone pray for me if you're here in this room right now would you raise your hand with every head bowed and every eye closed man god bless you man god bless you that's a powerful thing now i'm gonna just ask something else here if you'd say that i don't know if i'm right with jesus I don't know if I'm born 
again. I don't know if my life has been forgiven. And I don't know if God would love me enough to jump in this foxhole. I want you to know that he wants to do it right now. And I want to show you by the presence of God to confirm his word and his love over you. If you're here today and you'd say, I don't know if I'm right with God, but I want to ask Jesus to forgive me and I want him to climb into my life. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you raise your hand right now? Man, that is a powerful thing. God bless you and God bless you. We have some people. Rachel, would you come and would you sing that song over us as we close tonight? If you raise your hand, uh, we're going to dim the lights here right now. And uh, for those of you that are online right now, we're, we have intercessors that are literally praying right now for you for the presence of God to overflow in your life. And if you, if you raise your hand in this room, I'm going to ask you to just be as bold as you can. Would you come down front? We're going to have a couple men uh, that, are, that are filled with faith right now to come and meet you right here in these altars. Would you come down right now, right now, right now? Would you come down right now, right now? And if you're at home, I don't care how funny it looks, would you stand to your feet? Jesus loved us enough to jump in that foxhole with you. Jesus loves you enough that he's going to meet you right there. If you raised your hand, brothers, would you stand to your feet right now? Don't be ashamed. I'll tell you, the power of God is going to move on your life right now. He is going to confirm his love for you. He is going to confirm his desire for you. He is going to confirm that he died for you. He is going to confirm that you're not alone, that you'll never be alone, that you will never be alone, that even if you make your bed in hell, he will be with you. He is going to confirm his word by the power of his resurrection. Men, if you're here and you have, uh, you're filled with faith, would you go and love on one of these guys and begin praying over them right now? Praying over them right now. Praying over, if you're in a situation in this church right now and you have gone through hard times and you know trials are upon you and you're fighting to believe God for breakthrough, if you're doing that right now, would you stand to your feet right now? You're fighting through this trial in your life. Would you stand to your feet? Someone's coming to you right now. Church, would you all lift your worship, lift your faith, activate that place deep inside and say, God, give me purpose. Make me different. Would you sing this with all of your heart?